stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach stock strategist, David Bartosiak. He's also the editor of Blockchain Innovator and Surprise Trader here at Zach's, and he's back to talk about our favorite topic, the auto market, cars, uh, auto parts, everything that's going on with autos, and there is a lot going on. So welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there's always, it's always something in the car world, right? There is. And we're actually recording this on May 23rd, 2023. And uh, Speak of the Devil, AutoZone, ticker AZO, they just reported this morning. So we're getting like some real-time info about what's going on, at least in the auto parts area. And they saw same-store sales up 1.9%. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, But they did say it was weaker than expected because sales in March were not as good, but then improved as the quarter went on. So I didn't have time to listen to their conference call, so I don't know exactly what happened in the month of March. Maybe it was just you know a timeout by the consumer or something, uh, because as we know, cars are old now. I, I didn't realize this till I just saw very, it. On, yeah, they were saying it's 12 and a half years, the average age now of cars out there. And that is the oldest that has ever happened. And some of that is because they're so darn expensive now. I feel like people are really holding on to their cars for as long as they can. <laughs> they're holding on, they're gripping, they're, they're clutching because nobody wants to buy a new one or lease or whatever, they they just don't. So they're keeping their old one. And I feel the quality of the cars in the last decade has really improved. So you can hold on to your older car, I feel, but things still break down. So companies like AutoZone that are selling the parts or the auto retailers that also do car repairs, you know, they're seeing somewhat of a boom because at some point, no matter who makes your car, you do have to replace some stuff. Yeah, auto so. service centers had their highest grossing April on record. Like you said, people are keeping those cars. That 12 and a half year number is the um, sort of the total fleet, including light trucks and cars. So okay. light trucks are just under 12 years and your typical road car is getting close to 14 years. Wow. So yeah, like you said, people are really holding on to those to those cars, and uh, well, that's a good thing. Like you said, it does speak to the reliability uh, over the last several years, because they've had to, you know, car companies have just had to become more competitive uh, across the board, and and reliability was really a main focus of a lot of them. And if you think about it, as cars in general have sort of begun to look like each other um, across the whole space, you know, how how are you going to differentiate? It's probably going to be the customer experience. And how do you fix that? Well, that's through the reliability and then the service aspect, you know, when you're at the dealership and things like that. So it's all kind of going towards that really a a good place. I think um, that, you know, pretty much anywhere you buy a car, it's going to be reliable. It's going to stick around for a while. And, and you're not going to have, have the headaches of it breaking down on you. 
Right, right. That's always good. <laughs> so what do you think about uh, some of the auto retailers right here? So we have like the traditional auto retailers like the Penske's, uh, PAG is the ticker there, or like Lithia Motors. They sell all the different brands. You know, they're pretty much nationwide with the big dealerships, with the you can buy online through some of them. Penske also has a truck division and logistics, so it sets it a little bit different than like Lithia. But uh, earnings appear to have peaked at all of the retailers because the consumer just kind of you know is pulling back from buying the cars. But the stocks haven't. The stocks have been holding up fairly well, I want to say, this year, even though earnings are expected to be down this year and next year off those peaks of 2022. So you have like those traditional guys, um, the stocks are still cheap actually too. And then you have uh, the non-traditional or kind of the innovators like Carvana, Yeah, they're still out there. I haven't looked at them in a while though. So I was kind of surprised to see what was going on. So CVNA is the ticker there, um, but that stock has rallied maybe because it just got too beaten down, but year to date up 156% now, but still expected to see big losses in earnings, you know, this year and next year, or will they ever make money? What do you think about like the Carvanas of the world? Yeah, I mean, I, I could go on a, I, you know, I don't want to sound like the ultimate Carvana bear, but- uh, But I, you are. Well, I have a buddy of mine. I have several buddies in the auto industry, of course, and uh, one of them, um, the, the second he saw Carvana, he was like, they're going to zero. Um, and this was, you know, this is a few years ago because, you know, where he was offering, let's call it 20K for a used car, they were offering 30K for that same used car. So yeah. he knew that their aggressive pricing strategy was eventually going to catch up to them and kind of price them out of the business. Their whole spiel was that, you know, they're just going to make it super easy because everybody hates going to the dealership. So they kind of took the CarMax model one step further, right? CarMax yeah. is trying to be all super nice. Where hey, we just leave, you know, we're so friendly. We just leave this number up there. You don't have to haggle. Well, it's really easy for AutoNation to come out and say, okay, fine, we have no haggle pricing too. So uh, <laughs> down goes CarMax, right? And then with Carvana, um, you found out that you know people don't want to order cars like they like they order envelopes from Office Max. Like they actually want to put their hands on it. They want to test drive it. They want to, you know, they want to see a couple, two, three, four, five cars. Maybe, maybe they want to bounce around to a couple of different dealerships. So it's, it's not like you just wake up and you say, Oh, I need a, I need a 2017 S class today. Um, it just doesn't work that way. You know, you, you, you bounce around and you do different things. So they're, they're kind of facing uphill battle. Um, as far as the more traditional, you know, dealers, Definitely, definitely uh, looking at a few headwinds. The first is the lack of inventory on the used side, because back okay. in 2020, you know, nobody was leasing new cars because they couldn't get them because the manufacturers weren't making them quick enough. So right. now that huge source of used vehicles that used to be there has dwindled dramatically. So that's a problem. So you're still not getting that inventory. The other thing is, that the inventory is starting to kind of stay on the lots a little bit more. So the most recent data I see is that, um, you know, Penske, like you mentioned, the, their day supply of used vehicles is like 39 right now. Auto Nation is at 29. 
um, Sonic Automotive 29, Asbury Automotive 27, Lithia 52. So they're holding its used inventory nearly twice as long as any of their competitors. Now that's okay when it's cheap to keep those cars on the lot, but right now the average effective interest rate on inventory financing right now for these dealers is over 12%. So there are lenders which used to do that floor plan lending, which have dropped out of the business because of the risks, you know, associated with that, with this market right now. And it's really put pressure on all these smaller guys um, or the ones that are specifically just, you know, on the used end because they have to finance that floor plan somehow. So they're really feeling the pinch of that inventory staying on the lot a little longer and costing them the carrying costs, costing them much more. So that's no good. And that's not going to be good for their profit margins, you know, in the future. So that is definitely. um, So Lithia is on the outs is what you're saying. Well, I don't know that they're on the outs, but um, they're not. I think you can find more attractive stocks to invest in than Lithia right now. Okay. <laughs> they have they have a lot of headwinds. Um, right. 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 Now. So okay. I think you can ex- you know you could probably expect that they're gonna you know come down off of their pricing a little bit, right? They're gonna yeah. they're gonna have to. And Carvana, um, um, you know, they're they're if you look at their sort of quarterly sales numbers, um, they peaked in mid twenty twenty two. And have okay. been down quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. So that's not the direction you want to see. And, and because of that, they've they've adjusted. They've adjusted, you know, how much they're willing to pay people for their cars. Right. Um, you think they'd have to at some point. Yeah, they have to. So they've they've come down, but now now they've come too far down and people are reluctant to sell them their cars at those lower prices. Uh-huh. So now they've got a little bit of a finger trap where they don't want to spend a lot of money to get the new inventory, but you have to have the inventory to sell the inventory. So that's why, you know, they're still looking at revenue growth for next year. Some like 12% revenue growth forecast for next year. But even on that, they lost six bucks a share this year. They're going to lose $5.18 next year. Yeah. Um, Now that That looks good. Yeah, that looks better than the 647 that our Zach's consensus estimates called for. Uh, 90 days ago, but that's still not a good thing to see, right? Negative right. PEs. How long? How long can you carry a negative PE? I don't know. Do they? How much cash do they have? I wonder. I mean, obviously they got a lot when they went IPO. Yeah. But I do always wonder with companies like this, where it's year after year after year of losses. At you know, you you have to be draining your cash. Yeah, I mean, I I see. Um, as the end of last quarter, six hundred ninety-four million in cash. Okay. So, still okay. have a couple bucks, but book value is negative, negative seven bucks book value on Carvana right now, as of the most recent quarter on Zax.com. So, okay, I don't know. This isn't going. I'm staying away from. I was never in it, even during the go-go days, but I definitely am not in it now. Um, well, what about the car makers that are selling to these, you know, to the to the retailers? What's going on with them? Um, yeah, I, I took a look at Tesla. You know, the earnings are expected to be down now for this year. Um, 
but rebounding into next year. The shares are up big, but they've kind of stalled a little bit here. But you you have GM earnings expected to be down there. Uh, it is a cheaper stock, but uh, over the last three months, it's down 18%. I don't know. It seems kind of like the dreary times for the automakers even for some reason. Well, you know, they're facing a lot of regulatory headwinds with the conversion from, you know, the income combustion. I mean, in uh, the internal combustion engine to um, to electricity, to electric cars. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, over in Europe, they've got much more aggressive deadlines than we have here in the States outside of California. So they're wrestling with that. And they're trying to figure out a way to keep their margins up while committing billions of dollars to research and development. So yeah. that's tough. And then I think you're you're starting to see a little bit of the evil genius that is Elon, um, where now you know Tesla's cutting their their prices on their cars. Mm-hmm. So so now you have a company that has a little bit of experience now in manufacturing mass manufacturing electric vehicles um and then you have the the ogs so to speak of the fords and the gms manufacturing their own evs and they thought they were going to go ahead and plug that in at a certain price point and now the high end of the price point is starting to collapse a little bit as tesla is making their vehicles cheaper but the quality is getting better because now they've done it more so that's um an interesting little move by Elon that I think is putting some pressure on, on, on the big guys out there. And they're, they're trying to grapple with that. Uh, and there's been so much change just in the, in the makeup of the offering in a lot of these companies. I mean, look at Ford, you know, it's basically like, okay, we're going to make pickup trucks and Mustang and a crossover. Right. So, you know, getting away from the traditional family sedan and all that and shifting towards where they think the future of mobility is going to be and where they can sort of find their little niche. Um, it's just it's tough for them to figure out exactly what that's going to look like. But, you know, I think the good part about a lot of these manufacturers is and I think if you zoom out big picture on like something like a Ford um you know save for the little the post covid run up um ford for the most part had kind of been bouncing around in that you know 8 to 8 to 15 area for a while yeah. pays a decent dividend um so it looks like it's getting back to that again okay so in in terms of a, a stock to hold it's you know it's not something that's going to rocket higher but it's also not something you're going to have to worry about falling through the floorboards Okay. And if you're going to get paid a decent amount to sit around and wait, it's not a terrible idea because, you know, Ford's you know not going anywhere. But as long as you sort of temper your expectations, I think you're OK with going some manufacturers like that. What about the Japanese manufacturers? I've been hearing a lot about how they've missed the boats. They're not in the EV game. Nobody's even talking about them. They're behind blah, blah, blah. But can we count out the Toyotas and the Hondas or will they, you know, suddenly surge in there when we're least expecting it? 
should never count out Toyota. I mean, Toyota is always the, you know, one of the highest grossing dealerships. So same buddy is looking at purchasing a dealership. Um, there's a Toyota dealership in South Florida. Well, I don't know, technically South Florida, whatever. Um, something like eight, eight, nine times earnings is what these dealerships trade for. Which uh-huh. when you, and that's specifically for Toyota. Yeah. Because of, you know, how consistent the brand has been and how loyal the customer base is. Right, right. Just the multiples on those are are almost, I mean, that's, what is what does Ford trade at right now? You know, Ford Ford's at six times earnings, six point eight times earnings for Ford. So you're getting a private company, you know, at a multiple that that's better than than a publicly traded one. So you typically don't get that. You get you get multiple expansion when you're traded on the on the public markets. That's what's supposed to happen. Um, so anyway, so that's pretty crazy to see. And so that's that's part of the appeal of the brand. But if we want to talk about missing the EV boat. Uh, maybe they don't need the EV boat. They, you know, they have a internal hydrogen combustion engine that they've been working on. Oh. So they're kind of like, why are we buying into this whole EV thing where we've got to scorch the earth in South America for these lithium mines so we can right. find all these all these parts. Uh, to make these batteries, which we don't know what we're going to do with once the batteries are, you know, toast, where they're yeah. that whole impact. Why don't we just focus on creating an internal combustion engine, which we've already been doing with gasoline, and then let's just instead of doing it with gas, we can do it with water, or we can do it with hydrogen. Um, so the the hydrogen, and it's different from just that like fuel cell technology, but it's literally like you just pump hydrogen into your car, and just 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 like gasoline, right? So. Yeah. They've been working on that and kind of putting on, putting a pretty sizable bet on that sort of being the future of mobility versus the EVs. So okay. I think that's part of why they're not really as concerned. And also for Toyota, I think they could flip the switch at any time. Um, you know, you sit back and you wait for all the other manufacturers to make their mistakes, and then you go, okay, well, it's not that hard just to stick a battery here, and you know, we won't need the drivetrain anymore. Uh, so, so I don't think that the the engineering it would take for them to really jump in if they had to jump in isn't as much as as people think it is. All right, that's good to know because um, I I am a fan of the Japanese cars in general. So glad to see they're in the game in some way. Um, okay, I think we've covered a large area of the different things impacting on autos is there anything you feel we haven't covered well we got the supply we got and then of course the the consumer facing interest rates are obviously a headwind too right yeah you know and that's going to remain a problem so nobody's going to want to pay 10 percent interest on on a new car no um no, so you've, sure seen, you've seen manufacturers i mean i, I think i saw a 299 deal uh on maybe it was Dodge or something like that. So what does that mean? Uh, a 2.99% interest for like 60 months or 72 months. Wow. Um, new, uh, I think it was new Dodge Rams or new Ram pickups, I mean. Okay. Um, 
but those are you know heavily subsidized from the manufacturer or they're their in-house financing and all they're doing is a shell game you know it's like oh hey let's just uh let's just put money on the back end and that's how we're gonna profit from this and make it the 299 but put all sorts of stipulations in there where they have to buy this package and this package and this package right, but right. at the end of the day people look at you know your average person doesn't dig through the numbers like we do you know because we're around this every day for most yeah. people they go in and they say how much is my payment going to be and as long as that payment is something that they're comfortable with they're going to sign right so right, for sure so they're finding ways to extend out the financing supplement it you know uh, subsidize it rather and uh, make it more attractive because because they know you know that yeah. people don't want to buy hundred thousand dollar jeep cherokees <laughs> no. right that that was not going to last forever right um so they're already starting to come down uh the the number of cars being offered at or under msrp now is starting to tick back up okay uh, which, which is a good thing everything's kind of come back to normal yeah um i know i was looking you know to to get a a larger suv and all all the prices were so nuts i was like you know what forget it i'm just gonna wait because yeah. the end of the day especially with american manufacturers or any uh, i guess i don't want to just pigeon all the americans but any auto manufacturer that produces vehicles in mass eventually every model is going to get cheaper because they're just going to keep making them as long as the demand is there so you just have to wait um, what about the used car prices? Are those starting to come down considerably? It seems like they are. Uh, somewhat, but there was okay. a little bit of an uptick again. Okay. Um, and, and again, so part of that is that you're seeing the lack of inventory come back from those leased cars coming back in. And then, okay. like I touched on before, the average car on the road has been there for so long. Those people aren't trading those cars in in order for the, the new ones to get bought. Right, right. So there has been a deceleration, and the prices have sort of rolled over for used cars. Um, okay. But I, for the Q1 data shows that we're right in between Q3 and Q4 of 2021 levels. So we're still well above pre-COVID highs. Yeah. Dramatic, 44% above the pre-COVID highs still. Wow. Uh, and that's despite a 6.4% drop in the average price um, last quarter. So still a long way to go. Yeah. And, and the, other, the other thing, the other interesting thing is five years ago, 60% of used cars were sold for less than 20 grand. Okay. Fast forward to last quarter, only 30% were under 20 grand. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that because I've been looking around out there and I'm surprised it's not even lower under the 20%, <laughs> that it's only like 10% or something because it's so bad out there. Like the prices are just so high. And some of um, those, I'm assuming, are like, you know, 10-year-old cars, the ones that are under 20000 They're the real old ones, right? Yeah. Find yourself an old Civic, and they're still, uh, they're, still, they're still worth a lot of money. Right, right. My mom's still driving her Honda Fit. She loves it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past. Well, yeah. 
that's she's had that a while now i want to say she, she got it she traded it in well it was a lease so she brought the lease back and then just leased okay. another one because uh, it had like a couple of new features you know that she yeah. likes and i'm sure I, i'm not 100 percent sure when her lease is up okay i know my my dad has a pickup a colorado chevy colorado uh, which he really likes, and that one's done with its lease too. So he's trying to figure out what to do. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Should just move to Florida and get a golf cart. <laughs> right. Or St. Louis. They actually drive golf carts around one of the neighborhoods in St. Louis too. Oh, cool. Interestingly, yeah. Um, I was surprised because normally you don't see the golf carts much out of outside of Florida, but. They do exist as transportation in St. Louis, too. Um, okay, so we covered a lot of different types of companies on today's podcast, but we started with the auto parts on AutoZone, ticker AZO is the ticker there. And we talked about some of the retailers. There's Penske, PAG, Lithium Motors, uh, LAD, Carvana, CVNA, we mentioned CarMax, ticker KMX is the ticker there. K is in uh, Kitty, Kitty, uh, KMX. And then we talked about the actual manufacturers. There's GM, of course, GM. Ford is F, F is in Frank for Ford. Uh, Toyota is TM, Tesla is TSLA, and I think that covers just about everything we've talked about on this episode. Um, and always, if you want even more stocks and to know what's going on in some of these interesting industries like the autos, you need to subscribe. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, you can get us on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, but be sure to get us somewhere. You can also get us on Zax.com. Just click on the podcast link up at the top of the page and you'll find all of our podcasts there. But we're bringing them to you every week here at Zax.com. Be sure to get them and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.